Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsper. Welcome to The Deep Dive. The remainder of the AFC South is on the menu for today. Andy, hopefully you are doing well on this beautiful summer Wednesday. Uh, what what do you make of this division? Any thought? You, you probably since n- no news has really broken, nothing really interesting has happened since we talked about the Jags and the uh, <laughs> and the Texans. So you know, uh, no changes there. Um, what uh, what's your what's your feel uh, on the NFC South? Are we going to talk about the champion of the AFC South today? Do you remember when we did this and then Andrew Luck retired like three days later? I do. I was at a little. I was I at a restaurant well. called Pittsburgh Blue. It was a new steakhouse that opened in mm. town. I was at and the beach. I, my wife was unimpressed with the amount of time I was spending <laughs> on my phone all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, kind of a depressing talk we had about Houston. Jacksonville was a very, very cryptic. I don't know. Like, I'm, we're not sure on a lot of things. I think we're the mo- The only thing we're sure on is that the quarterback is a likely hit. The coaching might be an issue. The leadership might be an issue. Like those teams surprising, either of those teams surprising and making their way into the conversation for a title. Uh, maybe Jacksonville seems obviously more likely just because it's not a whole mess and you never know. Like the coaching could just click. It could work out. You could have an instant success in quarterback, but it does feel like you know, the Colts or the Titans are probably going to be, and obviously you see the odds. They're, not co-favorites, but close enough, pretty much all across most of the books. And you know what? It, it seems likely that something, the regression for Tennessee just isn't big enough, or Wentz, you know, has enough juice left in the tank with some good coaching to get it done. Like one of these teams is likely to win like eleven games again. They both won yeah. eleven games last year. Yeah, but, but much like the NFC East, it would be shocking, shocking if any team from this division were to be in the mix for a Super Bowl. Would you agree? Yeah. I would then, be... The NFC, you can pretty much, don't worry about the NFC East when you're handicapping the Super Bowl. Don't worry about the AFC South. Is that fair? Yeah, especially just because of the conference they're in. Like the, the high-level teams in the, the AFC North, the Chiefs, you know, the the Bills, there's just too many high-level teams. That, I mean, the winner of this is like fifth or sixth fiddle, maybe worse. And again, like last year, I think the teams, the two teams, they did finish both 11 and 5. They tied. Indy got the short end of that stick due to a worse divisional record. But yeah, these were two 11 and 5 teams that I don't think we're really discussing as threats to do anything in the playoffs. They're both playing very good teams right away, and it was kind of where it's kind of where we're going to be stuck at this year. Wouldn't be surprised if these two teams tied again. We went to into a tiebreaker. The loser actually made the playoffs again. They both lose their first round playoff game. Like it could be a lot of deja vu in this division. Deja vu all over again. That's not crazy. Um, well, let's start with the Colts. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Right, yeah. Like me, I said, uh, they, they were eleven and five. It was a good year, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had some good moments. Um, I definitely remember last year heading into the regular season 
having a strong opinion that Tennessee was going to win the AFC South. I didn't think it was going to be a runaway, um, but it, and again, this wasn't based on oh, I love Ryan Tannehill and I, I hate Philip Rivers, and uh, you know, it literally was just the Titans were given one of those schedules that you just kind of knew they were going to get off to a good start, yep. right? They just happened to have like this huge stretch at the beginning of the season where they just didn't leave home. There's just lots and lots and lots of home games. A bye, you know, just just as good situationally as you possibly could have hoped for to where you're just like, oh, this team's going to get off to a good start. They'll pick up a little momentum. And then later in the season, they could just lean on Derrick Henry. So, you know, this team is going to be in it and probably wins the South. And I'll, I'll go ahead and take a, a favorable price on them to win the South. Texans were actually in the mix to win the South in terms of the odds last year. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, like it wasn't as much as a, I don't like this team. I don't believe in this team. Like they had a lot of things that were really, really, you know, going really, really well for them. Like they, their GM is good. He made some, you know, he, he made some good acquisitions, some sharp acquisitions. Uh, they made some good draft choices. Their Frank, their coach Frank Reich is a guy that I absolutely think is a long. He's like a, uh, he's like an Andy Reid sort of guy in that you see him coach a couple of seasons and you know this guy can coach for as long as he feels like it, right? Like he's yeah. like the, the, there's not going to be um, a season where you have a Frank Reich coach team and you're like I'm not sure Frank Reich's right for the NFL. Like he is an NFL coach. He will always kind of be in the upper half of NFL coaches to where he is never realistically in, um, you know, danger, I think of being, um, you know, being, uh, dismissed or for a potential upgrade. Like I just don't see it. Frank Reich is a good coach. Uh, he gets the most out of his team in general. He makes good decisions in on when to go for it on fourth down in general. Um, and they had a pretty complete team last year, which you, which you pair with a, a top 15 performance from Phillip Rivers, and you have a pretty obvious top 15 offense. Uh, and then this, not a lot really has changed short of the quarterback position from last year to this year. Is it really a change for Frank Reich, though? It'll be his fourth season and his That's fourth, point. fourth starting quarterback. It's not like he is not used to this sort of shit. That's so, a great yeah. point. <laughs> like he's been as as all the nice things we say about him, we could probably tack that on here. He's had no continuity at the quarterback position. He's done a lot with a I don't want to say a little because they have a they've drafted well. A, a lot of props to Ballard. Yeah, anyone who's managed anything about this team, they've put together a decent roster with what they've had and what they've lost and having, you know, essentially Andrew Luck was on his way to a maybe a hall of fame career and just cut it short. Got stop playing football. That was, that was a thing that, that was a thing that happened to him, man. So they, yeah. and I really, it was, it did turn out to be one of the easier schedules, like prefacing, you know, I said they're 11 and five. That's a good year. If you go back and do a postmortem on schedule strength, it turned out to be one of the easier schedules. And shoot. One they, of those five losses was to Jacksonville. Week they one. lost to Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, they, they did lose. They lost to all three of the playoff teams from the AFC North. Oh, and yeah, they right. lost. They lost to the Titans. So, like, none of those are bad losses. But then, yeah, they did lose to Jacksonville Week One. I had them in Survivor League, so I didn't get to play Survivor League very long in uh, the 2020 NFL season. I took the Colts and everyone. 
Like what a what a big dumb idiot. Anyway, yeah, easy schedule, but again, it was tough to just bring in another quarterback like that. And I guess if you are gonna do that and bring in another quarterback, at least it was a guy who was very experienced, was able to put together a, a pretty good season, honestly. All things Age thirty nine year for Philip for Philip Rivers was it was a borderline Pro Bowl I type think, season. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was more than fine. So Yeah. It was, I did too. It was a semi-success, but at the same time, now you're in the same position. I need another quarterback. He got sacked a lot. Is, he, well, do you remember? Do you remember when he, he was reaching yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, that was there. against the Ravens. It was like the funniest, the funniest thing yeah. we saw. Actually, let, let, yeah, you know what? Now you're reminding me of a lot of things, and you and I think you said it exactly correctly, which was they it, outside of that first shocking loss to Jacksonville, they took care of business against the teams that they were clearly better than. They took care of business against the Vikings, the Bears. They took care of business against uh, the Lions, the you know the the Texans, um, the Raiders. Those were not competitive games in general. Um, they Packers. got a very well that that they, they got a very lucky win against the Packers. Yeah, the Packers the Packers gave them that win. I'm still angry about that game. That should have been a Packers absolute runaway, and they did they they let them off the hook. Um, and then the other tough teams on their schedule, the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, were all convincing losses. Um, the, and, and, and the shoot. Bills. I mean, the Bills, that was a close playoff game by the score. It was score, a close play, yep, yeah. I mean, another, that was another division-winning team. Like, they, they played a bunch of shitty teams, and they beat them. And then they played a bunch of division-winning teams or playoff teams, and really they beat the Packers. They lost, I will get to the playoff. Let's get to the playoff game in a second. But I, I want to point out, like, where the, where you kind of knew that they were frauds, I think, was seven and three. They got already got a home win against the Titans. They can basically ice the division with a road win against the Titans. And they gave up 229 yards rushing. <laughs> they got run the F over by Tennessee in that second contest, 45 to 26. It didn't even feel that close. And at that point, you kind of knew, okay, this is a team that's going to beat the dregs and they're going to get beat by the good teams. And uh, the bills tried to let them into that game in the wild card game, even though it felt like they were pretty clearly the better team. What were they? Six point favorites. Yeah. yeah I mean, that sounds right. I, I didn't check that five, six, something like that. Um, and they, the Bills won almost every like high leverage moment in that game. I feel like until you know because yeah, that at one point that game was twenty four to ten, Buffalo, with less than a quarter to play, um, and uh, you know Philip Rivers does what Philip Rivers does. He gets a, a couple of uh, comeback you know scores going up against a uh, prevent defense. Uh, pass, you know, nice two nice touchdown drives that were pretty quick. Uh, and uh, the Bills kind of took their foot off the gas, only come away with one field goal uh, from the time that it was 24 to 10. By the way, you want to talk about an all-time bad bad beat if you had um, uh, 50, oh, if you had under 50 and a half, uh, you know, you took it in the shorts there because that had the, the two-point conversion for the Colts at, uh, in their on their second on their last score took that to 51 and and really you went into that fourth quarter with 27 points scored so you're thinking game over this under is safe and sound 
but you also made a bad play because you could have played that earlier in the week and gotten a better number and, and gotten an under. Um, let's. Uh, I, I also have to go back and look now to see if I bet. I took it I had pretty. The under I took it, it was, pretty easy yeah, in the playoffs. Those were seven point favorites. Uh, I had the under in that one, and I had a better number than the closing fifty and a half, so I was fine. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a it was a good fun playoff game. Bills Josh Allen gets his first ever playoff win against a, a frisky Philip Rivers and company. But there were a couple of moments in that one where Frank Reich didn't really have his kind of best his A game as a coach and as a decision maker. I feel like that kind of kept them out of that when he was going for it, what the plays he called in the high leverage moments, I didn't feel like were great. Um, kicking field goals early when you were going to need to score some serious points to beat a Buffalo offense that absolutely was going to get into the high twenties. Um, you know, there were some, there were some head scratching moments from Frank Reich in that, in that playoff game, I think. Um, has Frank Reich ever won a playoff game? Um, as a player, as a player. Yeah. And as a coach, as an assistant with the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he ever did win a playoff. Game. I think I think he's like zero three. Hmm. Okay. I'll look that up while we talk about this upcoming yeah. season because he is he is one and two. He did win one. Um, oh, okay. I'll have to figure out when that was. I'll, I'll look that up right now. But yeah, the, are we? And this is we're we're gonna get to the changes now. Are we kind of in this? Like I I made the joke and it wasn't even that much of a joke because it does kind of suck for Frank Reich and the rest of this team, the rest of the staff that they are going to change quarterbacks every single season. But it just twenty twenty all over again. We're it's feel like the same situation at all. Like the Jacoby Brissett thing was tough. This might be tougher. Like we'll get into some went stats, but this might be an even bigger challenge taking a guy that's in this part of his career and doing this. So like they, they did make a, uh, a both, both teams are going to talk about today, lost their offensive coordinator. You know, uh, Sirianni went to the Eagles. I think did right call plays too, though. Cause I'm pretty sure we went over this. <laughs> yeah. I'm I would sure actually we somebody, anyway. somebody dropped, somebody dropped me a note and they said, uh, Sirianni was involved in crafting the game. He was plan. like a sounding board was the word yeah, I saw I, in an article. Yeah. He was a, he was a game script game planning, uh, impact, but, uh, in the game itself, I believe Frank Reich was calling the plays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's it's going to impact them in some way, shape, or form. I mean, we don't really know what to expect in terms of changes with this offense. Um, that that is that you know that 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 can disrupt you uh, as far as uh, you know. You're at, just ask Doug Peterson when Frank Reich left. <laughs> you know, like there's it definitely impacts your your offensive planning. Um, it's like you and I. You're my sounding board. Like joking aside, we do this all the time. We bounce ideas sure. off each other and stuff. And and if you lose that, I mean that that could affect Frank Wright's offensive game planning. It'll be Marcus Brady, the quarterback. He was coach. elevated. Yeah, elevated, elevated from QB coach. Okay, I, I like Former, when you get an elevated. Yeah, an elevated. Uh, an elevated is is in general. That's that's uh, that's I pretty that's decent continuity. He yeah. was in those but, same meetings last year. He was in the offensive meetings because he was the quarterbacks coach. He, and he has been an offensive coordinator in the CFL, where he That's has three cup, three Grey Cup champions. So Marcus Brady stepping in, but yeah, Sirianni wasn't calling plays. He was more of a advisor, game planner, I suppose. Um, it's still, but it's yeah, it's, again, it still hurts to lose a high level coach. And then outside of that, they they drafted a D end, and Anthony Costanzo retired. Okay. And then wins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
these are meaningful changes. I mean, Casanza was a really good tackle. Uh, I think that was a little bit unexpected. Uh, replacing yeah. your left, left tackle with Eric Fisher, who's coming off of that serious injury, is a little um, – that's a little bit of a tough marriage with Wentz. The offensive line in general was a strength. Losing your left tackle can take a strength and turn it. I don't think losing one piece of that, even if it is a left tackle, which is massively important, can take it from a strength to a weakness, but it, it could neutralize it a bit until you get that sorted out. And, yeah, it doesn't sound like Eric Fisher would be ready to start the season. That injury was in the AFC title game. So, I mean, it's it hasn't been that long since he, he blew his – foot, ankle, Achilles, whatever up. It sounded like it was a longer injury. He might not be back till later in the year is what I'm hearing. So there could be some issues at O-line. So that Costanzo retirement might be bigger than people, you know, may let on, especially since they didn't do anything about it in the draft, essentially. They decided to go with an edge rusher to go along with, you know, some of the success they had in the middle of the defensive line last year. They want to pick up a little on the edge rushing. And we talk about this all the time with rookies coming in. And defensive rookies having struggles to make an impact. Uh, we did say that if you are an edge rusher, a pass rusher, that can be a little bit of an easier transition. So hopefully, if you're the Colts, if you're a Colts backer, Colts fan, Colts lifer, Quiddy Pay can just step right in and become something of a you know a force in the edge. And he was very good. He was, he was obviously it's a first round pick. He should be able to contribute immediately. So that and the defense. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this defense at certain times. Some of some of it from last year I felt like was how the game was managed by the coaching staff at times. But I, I think this can be a good defense. I'll have to check where I have them ranked. So, uh, yeah, essentially, I mean, we're talking about all the changes, but the, the biggest one is Mr. Wins. That's, right. that's, the, that's the crux of this whole conversation today. Man. Not to, I'm not. I'm not bullish on this. I'm not bullish on this team. Like, I guess here's the question for you. Uh, there was another preview, one of these previews we did, where you basically had. I mean, it was pretty much the same exact story of. Uh, it was. It was a Darnold and the Panthers, maybe. I, I think that's that was the one. You had, you know, like we were kind of like, there is potentially an upside here with Darnold. We don't know. You know, he might he might be able to pleasantly surprise. Like that's that's a, a that's a um that's an outcome I'm willing to entertain. Um and then I feel like Wentz is in a very similar situation, except on a better team in general around him and a better coach. And yet I'm not necessarily willing to entertain it because the experience of betting on Wentz last year was so mentally scarring. <laughs> like it was it, but I, I do want to remind you, as we are a couple weeks out from the NBA Finals, like we, we got to take these mental scars and put them away. You were mentally scarred by the Bucks beating you two years ago in the bubble. That's and fair. I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, and I was there too. I was right there with you. So <laughs> I mean, it, it is tough. But this one, I think, is a lot tougher to grasp, just because of some of the numbers he put up. And yes, even with. Even with uh, your left tackle retiring, this offensive line will be better than the Eagles' offensive line. That said, and it's like for, for every positive I can find for Wentz, there's two negatives. Like, even if this offensive line doesn't take a meaningful step back, if the fill-in players and then finally Eric Fisher do a good job of, you know, anchoring the left side of this line, he was he was not good from a clean pocket last year. 
He was dead last with his on-target rate from a clean pocket. He wasn't good from a clean pocket. He was worse under pressure. He was sacked a ton. He led the league in interceptions. And he was essentially, if you go by some of these important metrics, he was just a shade better than Drew Locke, really, yeah. over over a full, a meaningful sample. The fact they didn't pull him earlier was more of a product of the fact that the entire division was so down that they're like, you know, it, let's say Dallas doesn't have the injuries. Dallas is like a 12, 13 win team because the offense actually works. The defense isn't quite as bad. And the Eagles are sitting six games back mid season. Like, yeah. yeah. They, they probably Lens go to jail a lot later. faster. Yeah. And yeah. The, I did bring this up off the air a little too. There's something to be said for this contract and things might get weird. I don't know. You can say teams don't want to do this. Teams always want to compete. But we see this in baseball all the time with, with you know, the service time stuff when they don't bring players up fast enough to try to save a year or something. Wentz's contract is the trade was for a first-rounder that they won't have to give up if he doesn't play 75% of the snaps. So, like, there's some weird incentives to bench him if it's not working out. I believe it's 75 or 70 plus a playoff appearance. So... It, it's there's some weird stuff with this contract. I just I really don't know how this is gonna go, and I have you know I just have a page full of negative stats about Wentz that you don't need to hear because you can I mean any article you're gonna read about Wentz stepping in in any Indianapolis sort of publication is gonna have all this. It's it's not good. He was pretty much dead last in my quarterback rankings last year, and the the injuries and offensive line. The problems he earned with wide that. receivers. He earned it. He, he earned it. Yeah, though. he earned it on top of that. Like other people have dealt with offensive line injuries, have dealt with shitty wide receiver rooms, and they weren't this bad. Like it was problems. It wasn't like oh the receiver wasn't open. No, you you didn't even come close. Like accuracy, taking too many sacks, bad interceptions on top on top on top, and just it seemed to just pile up every week until it's like, well, our Jalen Hurts rookie of the year yeah. tickets dead. Yeah. I mean, really, I think, I think why I'm, it, and it's, this is like, maybe it's a path dependency thing because like out of the gate, like I believed in once he showed us impressive things. Like he was freaking Houdini who kind of fa- evaded pocket pressure when it was, when it was pocket pressure and made spectacular plays either with his legs or with his arm. Um, and it was like, this guy's got the, he's got it. Like I, that was like the Eagles have their guy, like they got him. Um, and then the regression, the, 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 the gradual decay of his performance over the next two seasons was just, it feels one way. It feels like one way. Like I just, I don't, I can't point to any other examples of a young quarterback who looked like so promising and then had a decay, a decay in performance. And then just because of a new venue, because of a new coach, because of a better team, because of a healthier team, it all turned around like that. So I'm like, I'm struggling for a, for for uh, just any kind of a anecdotal prior, right? And the injury, the injury to the knee, you know, sometimes they, they say a lot of a knee injury is psychological. Trusting it again, he doesn't move the same. And you're, I mean, you're right. When he first came in, it was one of those where, all right, we've seen a player or two come from FCS. Cherry Rice went to Mississippi Valley State. Sure. You know, we've seen or even lower-level college. Like, you know, Big Ben was a Mac quarterback. Flacco, I don't even know if I'm going to put him in a conversation. Flacco had a really good season one time, and he played for Delaware. Like, it wasn't unheard of a lower-level quarterback coming in and, and having an NFL career. We were 
a little doubtful. We didn't know. But then it's like, oh, my God, he's Russell Wilson light. Like, he's making things happen. He was, like you said, Houdini. That's, I mean, when you say Houdini, I think about Russell Wilson where there's, like, you can't see him on the screen because he's underneath the scrum of, like, offensive and defensive linemen meeting. And then suddenly he's three yards to the side of the scrum throwing a, a deep ball to Doug Baldwin. Like, whoa, whoa yeah. what happened there? Like, we saw some of those things. And then, yeah, just, I, I, I don't know what else to say about the injuries. I think I'm going to put it on the injury because that was – I mean, multiple injuries, really, but the knee one was gross, man. That thing just got crunched. So yeah. it, it, between teams figuring him out and the injuries, I think we're at where we're at. He could probably get better, but I don't think we'll ever see year one wins again. Okay. Whew. Wow. Well, and I guess, you know, maybe this is like it, it's – yeah, I feel like it's an arc thing. And if you haven't seen a guy hit his peak, you feel like always in the back of your head, it's like he could get there. Like Darnold, Jones, Daniel Jones, like Drew Locke. Like, yeah, these guys sucked last year, but like maybe they're ascending. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to look at a Wentz and say, I believe in my heart that we could see it better than we have seen before because that would be such a massive turnaround from what he has been on the decline now for so many seasons in a row so it's I guess I am I'm going to have to I'm going to have to pay to see it basically for lack yeah. of a better word you know I'm gonna have to bet against the Colts as a, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take the dog uh, in, a, in a spot where I like you know uh, where I'm going against uh, Wentz and, and company and have him play at uh, you know an, a 90th percentile level and beat me uh, before I really feel um, like there is possible for him to revert to the way he was. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you there. This is a tough team for me because of the, you know, we've seen, like you said a couple times now, we've seen Reich do it with multiple quarterbacks, but Wentz is not maybe where we're at, where, where we want to be with uh another reclamation project for them, yeah. even if it, they're hoping it to be a little more long-term. I brought up the O-line a couple times because of the Costanzo sure. uh, retirement, and the Eric Fisher does feel like a mid-season coming, but I want to touch on not only the O-line as far as it goes to Wentz and his reclamation, you know, quest, but the, the running backs, too. And, uh, you know, I'm not super high on this wide receiver room. I think it's okay. They do have a decent stable of running backs. So between the O-line playing okay, at least, and maybe even great again like they once were last year, the receivers staying healthy and playing above average, I think, I don't know where you'd put this wide receiver room, probably average. I'm, I'm about there, 15, 16. And then the running backs, which it's always hard to grade because so much of running backs isn't skill level, it's usage by the team and play sequencing and how these running backs are used in the scheme. Actually, I have him pretty high. So, like, he has – he doesn't have, like, a big negative around him on the offense. Like, does that make you any more bullish for him considering the, the bad situation in Philly? Like, Philly didn't draft well for receivers, didn't sign the right receivers. Deshaun Jackson's only good for, like, two games a year. And then massive, massive attrition on the offensive line through – constant injuries so like Wentz sucked and I saw a lot of that was independent of the things around him but it didn't help that everything bad was going on as well I mean I'm just trying to spin anything nice on this I don't know man 
Yeah. And I mean, like as much respect as I have for the Colts as an organization and the fact that they are sort of bounced back from the Andrew Luck retirement on the eve of a, a season, uh, in a way that is admirable, you know, kind of competing for a playoff a couple and then making the playoffs last year with Rivers and, you know, Frank Reich really kind of in his now entering his fourth year as the head coach for the Colts. Like, you know, this is a, this is a franchise that overall I'm pretty, pretty positive about. Um, Ballard has done a great job in general, but there are a couple of vision um, aspects of what this, the way this team is built and what, where they've invested their capital and how they've, uh, you know, how they've addressed their weaknesses that are, that you can ask some tough questions, right? Like drafting Quentin Nelson was in hindsight, it should be considered a win, right? Like Quentin Nelson is a top uh, five interior O lineman in the NFL, full stop. And he will be a franchise cornerstone and, and a cornerstone of an O-line that should come into the top 10 year in, year out without much of a debate. And that should, in, in general, that should allow you to uh, get better performance out of whatever quarterback you have behind center, be it Jacoby Brissett or uh, uh, Brian Hoyer or uh, Philip Rivers or Carson Wentz even. Um, but, to put as much, you know, to, it, you, I don't know that I want my best player on offense to be a guard. I don't know <laughs> that I want my best player on defense to be a tackle. Like that's, I, yeah, that's like not. It's, it's great getting interior pressure, but if you only get interior pressure and you're not getting edge pressure, it's like it, it's like the team was built and they really nailed what they built, but they're nailing the wrong spots. That and nothing yeah, right. like Quentin Nelson probably a hall of fame career if he stays healthy quentin nelson yeah leonard Derek, darius leonard could be too linebacker yeah, I mean, they, they, they nailed be all famous, but it's like man, you need to nail quarterback you need to nail receiver and you need to nail some some defensive uh backs in the free agent or trade market like make that happen then you can compete with buffalo kansas city baltimore cleveland the, those teams you know you're not gonna again this is if Wentz is just okay or plays above average, maybe where I put his ceiling, 10, 11 games, man. Yeah, maybe, no. maybe he gets a wild card. Buffalo or Cleveland kicks the shit out of him, and we do the same thing. So, um, and, and, again, we'll get to the schedule next. I think, like, as much shit as we talked about this team, and I said 10, 11 wins, it's because of the schedule. Like, the schedule yeah. does allow them to probably overperform, not get a great draft pick again. And you want to take a, you want to look at it? Yeah, let's pull it up. That's a lot of blue. It is a, lot, a lot of blue. blue. Um, okay. So how do they two years in a row get such a soft schedule? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, just the way the rotations have gone for who they're playing and when they get to play these, you know, these I guess two, yeah, two games against Houston, two games against Jacksonville doesn't hurt. That is a big part of it. Like getting to getting your own division to suck doesn't hurt but then yeah having the raiders having the cardinals having the jets home versus the jets home versus the patriots home versus the raiders yeah right you're right you're right and and really like miami and or tennessee and them are about on even ground tennessee power ranked slightly higher so or actually indy's power ranked slightly higher so being you know the supposed alpha in your division playing some weaker outside 
outside of your division doesn't hurt. But the schedule, the schedule does have some, you know, some bumps and bruises. You can see that if you're watching on the YouTube channel. If you're not, you should find this. I'm sure Drew has tweeted it out by now. But right off the bat, there the the second week of a back-to-back is a trip to Miami while it's still hot. That's not great. No. So the, I mean, the first part of the schedule is a little tougher. That Baltimore spot is then. So then you say like, oh, that's a shitty way to go. You know, you go down to Miami while it's hot and humid on the second week of a back-to-back, and then you have a third week of the back-to-back at Baltimore. Like the beginning of the schedule, it's it's not a bunch of easy wins. Like it's, you know, they're favored at home a couple times against some supposed playoff teams. They're favored on the road a couple times, but then it's back-to-back-to-back. Like they might not come out of that stretch smelling very good, especially with a young not young, an inexperienced quarterback in their system with it'll be better than last year as far as preseason and camp goes, but still fewer preseason games. I don't know what it's going to look like for how much he plays this preseason. It could be a rocky start for Wentz. And then, I mean, you do get the respite of playing Houston after that as a 11 and a half point favorite. I don't even think I want to bet Houston there. I'd have to think about it. That's a lot of points. Um, yeah, really and truly. I guess um, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's let's focus on the beginning of the schedule a little bit. Yeah, it's three point favorites hosting Seattle. Hmm. Seems like too much. Seems like too much. One and a half point favorites hosting the Rams. Huh. Okay. Now, for, now, when, let me qualify. That Rams spot is 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 awful. That's an awful, awful, awful spot for the Rams. I'll probably uh, week two. I might make a case for Indy, depending on what happens against Seattle. <laughs> but uh, that because that's because there's because Rams are coming off of Sunday night football, uh, playing late on the West Coast, flying early to play Indy, and week two is nasty. Um, but uh, but the, just from a power hours. number standpoint, this these numbers are are shaded a little in favor of of Indy. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand stretch. any of these first four like. I'm about a point to a point and a half lower than the market on Indy. So, all you know, you say a lot of blue numbers, but, like, just I think we're saying the same thing. Like, these are all probably a touch inflated, especially bringing in a yeah. a, a shitty quarterback into a new yeah. system. So, like, so their power, these, their these power first number, five games could go bad. Their power number, uh, according to all of these look-aheads, is plus two and a half. So, two and a half points better than an average team. That is good enough for eighth eighth in the nfl that feels high that feels real high and if you break down the the if you decompose the totals you want to guess what their offense is expected to rank like ninth fifth oh that's stupid that's way 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 too high Defense is expected to rank 14th. That feels about right, maybe even a little low. That actually, yeah, um, I was going to say that feels actually maybe a tick low. <laughs> yeah. So in general, I think, I mean, if this if this reflects market pricing overall, uh, I think that people are expecting a little too much out of this indie offense, and uh, this might be a, a decent team to find some unders. Um, open that opening game again. I don't think that opening three lasts. That. To me, that screams closes in. You know, there be, there are gonna be some people that take that Seattle plus three and are just happy as happy as hell. If you don't that, think I'm teasing go. Seattle, <laughs> you right. take that two and a half out to eight well, and a half. It's a, it's a two and a half. It's uh, I, 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 
Road Dog two and a half. I don't care. I, I will care be. I will be game. utterly. I will be utterly shocked if that does Especially, not. Especially, I'm going to cons- utterly. I'm shocked. Gonna, if we're going to consider an India possible under team, throwing that yeah. on top of it in a teaser, I love that Seattle in a teaser. Yeah, some and by the time we get to the Miami game, Miami might be a favorite. Might be a favorite. Yeah, they if this offense doesn't succeed, so Eesh. And then yeah, the Baltimore spot is an easy. Uh, and then even 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 I will call it early season still, but you get San Francisco off their bye wow. in the Bay. Wow! Not, I just I mean, pulled up. Sorry, I interrupt you, man. Good. I just pulled up that Seattle indie total. Yeah. You want to guess what that number is? If it's in the if it's in the low fifties, it feels like it should be in the high forties. Fifty two. Yeah. Is that big? That like forty nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Should we bet that under? Are we doing? Is this our first Sunday night game? Are we betting one? I was not Sunday night, but it's week one. Uh, well, it's, I mean, a Sunday night podcast where we we're live. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because this isn't even live. Sorry, guys. Fifty-two, dude. Fifty-two. I got in bed with a Seattle under last year in week one with Atlanta. Didn't get so hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a very. Going. That was a very different situation. That was a yeah, very was, different situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is, uh... let's, let's get through those seven games. So. Okay. Okay. They beat Houston. The rest sure. of it I'm not so sure about. Like, worst case scenario is legitimately one and six. Yes, then you're looking, at that, you're looking at that, man, did we make a mistake? Are we benching Wentz here? You have some very winnable games after that. That's the easy stretch before the big easy stretch. But, yeah, Tennessee, we'll, we'll get to them right, you know, next. But, Tennessee feels winnable at home. And then you, you get a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback on a Thursday night, followed by Jacksonville. Again, rookie coach, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and you're getting the extra rest off the off the bye, or excuse me, the Thursday game, followed by a loss in Buffalo. That's yeah. just we're gonna call that a yep. loss. And then sure. Oh, and then really the Buffalo Tampa, the Tampa numbers. Tampa had a pickup. Take take that now. I mean, no, there's no fucking chance that that's pick them come week twelve. No chance. And and then this is where I run into the quandaries about this team, because I when I first looked at this, I started doing research. I said I would like to bet this team to not make the playoffs. A no, give me a no. And then I look at this last stretch, and yes, the AFC is very top heavy with some very very good teams, but those six and seven spots are up for the picking between a bunch of teams, and if this team can get to week twelve. And be six and six, even five and seven. Five and seven might be enough because you go at Houston by New England at Arizona, Vegas at home at Jacksonville, and throw it on top of that, you get extra rest off your buy into New England, which you know it's neutralized by their buy as well. But it's still a very easy last six weeks, five games. You could be eight losses though. You could be four and eight. Uh, you, you, yeah, the, I, I think if you're four and eight, you you might be waving the white flag, regardless of how easy the schedule is. No, 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 no. You're four and eight, and you then nine and, I don't know five, nine you win your last five. Nine, you, you that 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 actually is the worst case scenario. Yeah, um, that's the because I don't think that's a playoff team. I think you need 10 no. I don't think so. AFC. Nine and eight is a terrible scenario. You that's end up terrible. giving your first yeah. round pick for wins. Yep. You end up with a bad position in the draft, yep. and you're yep. you're kind of in purgatory again. You're the yep. Bears. Yep, that's bad. That's really bad. And honestly, you can probably bet no to make the playoffs, watch them struggle early, 
and then just do like a five-team money line parlay on them. <laughs> bang, 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 bang every week down the stretch. Because they're not going to be seven, five, six, three-point favorites in those games uh, if, they have, if they're four and eight. You know, the market will move their plus two and a half down to minus two and a half in a heart, you know, in a heartbeat. Uh, maybe, maybe incorrectly. Um, cause a lot of this was situationally based. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, no, I no, think no, that's no. What I my think, plan you know, is, is to bet that not, not maybe these not guys the, early. Well, yeah. Fade the offense early. We fade their offense. The early. Go, sorry. Go. Yeah. Please go, yeah. go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take them to miss the playoffs. And then it, I feel like there's books that hang that to like, to make the playoffs live in the in in season because if they are like four and eight five and seven like there's gonna be a fat number to come back on the other side i i don't know yeah but that's still just shooting for the middle i think there's a perfect storm where you get those wins down the stretch (laughs) if you're betting them game by game yeah Yeah, right you're getting those wins down the stretch bang bang houston again you know uh indy versus houston you're gonna get a cheap open probably yeah yeah, Indy hosting New England, you'll get a cheap spread. Uh, Arizona, uh, you might get a, a cheap money line, a dog money line price, and then cheap spread versus the Raiders, cheap spread versus the Jags. So, yeah, I, I think that I think that's what uh, I think that's the way you attack this because this does set up for a team that ha- is overrated by the market this moment, an offense that is overrated by the market this moment, and ultimately will land around 500 because the schedule gets extremely soft after the Tampa Bay game week 12. So far the softest we've looked at in terms of final five games. Very, very soft landing. So, yeah, I I tried to get cute with it. I don't think I have a plan other than betting on this team late in the season, like you said. Well, what's the uh, – let's look at the odds. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's move on to odds because I, I think we've – I think we got the right read here. Super Bowl – 25 to 1. AFC, 14 to 1. Mm-hmm. AFC South, they are minus 110 for the South right now. Wow. Nah, like a no on that might be worth a flyer. AFC yeah. South, no. They give you a yes, no, like anyone else wins the South or figure out how to touch those other three teams together. Basically, like 80% Tennessee, 20% uh, Jacksonville, zero percent. Houston <laughs> <laughs> to make the playoffs. Yes, is minus one ninety. No, is plus one fifty. Regular season win total over nine and a half, minus one fifty. Wow. So there's some. This has moved a little. This has moved in favor of Indy. So people are buying this team. This is not uh, the market set the price too high and it's coming down. People are buying this team. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, over nine and a half is minus one fifty. Under nine and a half is plus one twenty. I think we just tucked ourselves into this team lands nine and eight. So that's not enough margin for me to get involved in under nine and a half, even at the plus money. Um, okay. But I think, you know, to make the playoffs, no, plus one fifty is pretty interesting, especially, you know, I think your point was very, very, very fair. Um, you have a, uh, uh, you have a lot of, you have a lot of outs for that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to bet anything of this team really preseason. Uh, to the no to win the division, which essentially, like I said, it's probably just dutching Tennessee and putting a little bit on Jacksonville. Okay. Unless you can okay. just find a straight no, then I would bet that. To win the playoff, to win the division, no. To make the playoffs plus 150 probably isn't big enough 
for me in my mind not, based yep. based on how soft the landing is at the end of the season and then uh, under nine and a half again it feels like that's the bet but the, the super soft schedule at the end kind of nixes that as well so not a lot i love to bet on this team um would you look at Wentz season passing yards under based off the fact that he could get benched and you yes. get to be an auto winner there. The, he could get benched, he could get hurt. Yeah, he has had a history of injuries as well. Actually, if you go back to last year's Philly preview, we were specifically sidestepping Philly in any way, shape, or form because their drafting of Jalen Hurts in round two, we saw as a red flag of they were concerned about Wentz's health. Mm-hmm. Like his back, like he might be not long for this league because of his back. Do you remember that? I think that's well, still yeah, a real. We, we, that's I still mean, real. Joke, that's still a real concern. Joke around about it. We like said, like retirement because of a you know. No, no, no I'm not saying we were joking. Yeah. I'm saying we 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 specifically stepped yeah. around uh, doing anything with Philly because of that angle. Um, that's still real, especially if Eric Fisher's out and you know, you 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 have a blindside hit coming. Uh, against uh, you know Aaron Donald comes in and takes him down in week two. Uh, you know there, there's there's a lot of uh, paths to uh, Wentz passing yards total under. I think yeah, and not the only, a lot. The to only the thing over. the only thing I worry about as far as benching him is the backups are Jacob Eason, Washington quarterback got drafted last year, and Sam Ellinger. Neither of those are. I mean, those are guys you draft to be backups. I don't think they're very excited about Jeez. either of those men to be back. So this you know, is ride or die, Wentz. It might be ride or die unless it really gets bad. Or if he's, I mean, if he's injured, he's injured. You can't just say, well, well I don't care if his leg's broken. He's going to play because we have Jacob Eason on the bench. So, yeah. It, well, you might need to know. Under. I mean, this happens. If you're four and eight, you might decide we need to know what we have in Eason. Yeah, Eason, Ellinger, let's let's give him some shots, give him some reps, see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not super confident with the the backup situation, obviously. So, yeah, staying away. I would um, yeah, bet recommendation would be if you can find a no on winning the South, you should be able to get evenish on that. I would take that. An early early in the season under team. Yep. I mean, I like just just off the top of my head, if they're going to give you 52 points in this game uh actually now i now, you know what now i gotta pull up what the rest of those damn totals are uh hang on just a second you want to know what you want to guess some totals here as long as we got you uh <laughs> we got uh uh gabe week two the la rams as i mentioned are in a brutal spot coming off of a primetime game against uh chicago they got to go at andy and play early you want to guess what that total is one more time what game was it week two uh rams come to town Early spot. Oh, I mean, it's the Rams. Maybe like 50? 49 and a half, yeah. Uh, week three at Tennessee? 52. 49 and a half. Really? Okay. That one's okay. the same? I would have been a little higher yeah. for Tennessee. Week four at Miami? 49 and a half? Or are we just going to keep doing that? 47, 47, yeah. But uh, I mean, no these are high. From the Miami you know? offense. These are high, man. Um, I think a lot of these come under, especially uh, especially like that week one look. Yeah, under fifty two. That's going to be sweet. Um, all right, should we uh, move on to our Tennessee Titans? 
Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, we just honestly we can just re-record and have Dan edit this and put different words in our mouths for what we say. <laughs> hey, they won eleven games last year and they lost their offensive coordinator. Like it's uh it's the same thing and lost to a good team in the playoffs. They lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. You know what's super underreported and uh, like I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen. Derrick Henry had two thousand yards. That used to he be did. like like now it's not like a badge of it's like, oh my god, you guys run the ball too much. What are you like? How did you get a guy to two thousand yards? What the fuck are you doing? No wonder you lost to the Ravens after <laughs> a master class two years ago. It was a bad and we we've been over this already, you know. It it was a bad playoff game plan, I think, when they did make it to the playoffs. But it was uh, another successful year under Vrabel and Art Smith and Again, yeah, they they were eleven and five. They had a better conference or division record, so they did win the division last year by the skin of their teeth, finishing with the same record as Indy. Got, I don't know if it was any better of a playoff draw, having the Ravens right away than losing to the Ravens there, and uh, here we are. At least you're home, not heading up to Buffalo. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I think I I, I guess my twenty twenty. I again I was high on them coming into 2020 I was very uh bullish on them winning the south at a very favorable price I thought um mostly on the back of it uh, was a very soft schedule it got weird though remember they had to kind of rearrange their buy they had to take their buy week four because of the COVID stuff and then they were practicing during COVID and then they didn't get punished for it and then they beat the Buffalo Bills 42-16 coming out of the COVID stuff when everyone was like well they haven't been practicing and it's like no we have been practicing well, but it's been a secret <laughs> yeah, right. yeah outside of outside of Maybe Pittsburgh, they had their season messed up the most by weird COVID stuff. I can't believe, I still can't believe that it felt like somebody juggling 30 plates at once. Like the the fact that we were able to get all the games in, in the NFL season, in the 17-week time frame. We had some Tuesday night football. We had some weird Monday night football, but we got them all done. And yeah, that was, uh, just goes to show, I guess, that. If you aren't cheating, you aren't trying because they weren't yep. supposed to be practicing. Yeah. Only one time did you have to have a, a wide receiver start as a quarterback. Only one game. Yeah. Um, so. and, yeah, fuck Denver, I guess. Uh, so Tennessee gets off to a hot 5-0 and start. Uh, they really, uh, um, you know, it, but again, it was kind of soft, soft, soft landing. Um they didn't cover a lot of these games. <laughs> they barely beat the Vikings, barely beat the Jags. Which is uh, it's weird for a team that can run the ball so well. Yeah, Those it is. Those teams should be covering teams. They, they were a little weird with it at the end. But, yeah, the start starting out with, the, you know, the Broncos game, like, yeah, you won, but you beat a Broncos team by, what was that, like a field goal? Like, they won everything by, like, a field goal. Here, I have yep. it up, actually. Well, that right, Broncos game, six, six. week one, that Broncos game, week one was insane because what's his name was missing every freaking kick. Uh, what was the name? Uh, Goskowski was Goskowski missing every single kick. kick. And then the he finally hit the game-winning, he finally hit the game-winning field yeah. goal. Um, Jacksonville I, uh, coming yeah. off a win, at in, yeah. uh, playing Indy, almost, you know, right there with the Titans. That was tied, I think, at 30 late. They won that by a field goal. They beat Minnesota. 31 to 13 where they trailed at half Minnesota. It was in, in Minnesota, like in Minnesota was not a good team, but they weren't terrible. Um, the bills game made no sense. When you look at how the season went, how many points they put up on them 
how good that defense was. It was in Tennessee, I guess, but that was 42-16. And then the last one was uh, uh, giving up more points to Houston than Buffalo felt weird. Seeing they're yes. both at Tennessee, but winning 42-16 to and then winning 42-36. to And those were not garbage points. Actually, the Texans did not score in the fourth quarter. They Those 36 points are scored in – oh, yeah, they did. No, it was 13 in the fourth. I'm looking at our overtime. Like God, that it would be super weird. So there were it was fifteen thirteen in the fourth quarter. Never mind. Ignore me there. Texans actually put it on them right after halftime, scored thirteen straight. And I then, remember that. Yeah, they were in yep, complete yep. Oh, they God. were in complete control and they couldn't put that game away. Yeah. That game that game got weird. Yeah, I do remember that one now. That was that was a CBS. This was Romeo Cornell. This was Romeo Cornell trying to trying to get a, a win after this was the first Romeo Cornell game, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah it was uh yeah, because it would have been four losses for, oh man, that was a weird one. I do, I do, I do recall that now. The Titans not being able to put that away because yeah, they're up twenty-one ten at halftime, got that done. Lose to the Steelers because everybody was losing to the Steelers. Obviously, you beat the Bengals. Whoops, the yeah. Bengals. You, you lost. You lost your ass yeah. to the Bengals. Did Thirty-one points. And, and honestly, like this entire, like the out, outside of the Bills game, a common theme emerged early, and it was obvious. And that was that this defense was bad. Stunk it was bad. Loud. It stunk out loud. And you know, there were a couple of key things that were very obvious. Number one, the coverage was not great, so you could pass on them. And number two, they were they were completely unable to generate any semblance of a pass rush. So even average quarterbacks who uh, who you could, if you put under pressure, performed below average. Uh, those average guys looked good, right? And it was pretty. Um, it was it was a pretty telltale problem. And it was like, okay, well, eventually this will un- unwind this team. This will undo this team. If they can't get to the quarterback, if they can't bring him down when they win one v one, then they are screwed. And that carried really through the whole season. I thought they were lucky to beat the Bears and get back on track. They lose to the Colts in ugly fashion on the road. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, that impressive win at Baltimore in overtime, uh, a drubbing of the Colts turned around, and they lost their asses to the Browns. Even that final score wasn't indicative of how bad it yeah, was. Yeah, the Browns only scored, like, three points in the second half there. That was, was like, tw- yeah, that was. twenty. Sorry, trigger warning for anyone, but the second half was 28-3 to three Titans. Titans still lose by twenty eight to three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, they win three of their last four, which clinched their division. Uh, but even that last, last game against the Texans was in the balance late. Uh, and they needed a two, like 228 yards rushing from Derrick Henry so that he could get his 2000 yard season and they could get their uh, home playoff game, which they promptly lost. Um, so it was a, it was a very roller coaster season to be a Titans backer. Um, they did it in spite of a bad defense. They did it the weird, a weird way. But yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, the quarterback play was good. Ryan Tannehill was a pretty obvious top 10 QB by my metrics of in last season. Uh, overall, their offense was pretty clearly top 10 by my metrics last season. Um, and Derrick Henry, uh, carried the ball 378 times. Is that a lot? It is a lot. That's a lot. I don't think he'll ever get tired. Uh, okay. Someday. Uh, one Someday. of these days. Yeah, one of these no, days. His, so, his overall, usage yeah, I mean, was insane. 
any any time where one of your coordinators gets hired away, I consider that a successful season. It doesn't matter. You know, it was a weird year. They lost to some teams they should have lost, shouldn't have lost to. They beat some teams they probably shouldn't have beat, and they won their division. They lost their offensive coordinator because of it. And I don't really have a great feeling for this offense going forward. I just can't see it taking a massive step back. I guess some of the efficiency numbers could suffer, and this schedule is now a first-place schedule, I guess. I can see it taking a step back. I no, I can see it taking a step. I just don't see it like regressing to the point. Like I don't, I don't give this team one of those real low floors. Like you just, there's, I there's don't know much, about that, there's man. Too much talent left on this roster on the offense. Like the what about defense, that? Uh, what about that Ravens game? What about that Ravens playoff game? What if that's the Tennessee up. Titans offense in 2022, 2021? I really don't see that. Like that seems like a one-off. I don't under, I, I still don't to this day understand why that was the game plan. Hopefully they watch that. I mean, if when your season ends by having a game plan like that, hopefully you never do that again. But like that was what if what Art Smith well, has one foot out the door and Vrabel, that was Vrabel's vision for what he wants to see. Then then, like. then this is, could be bad. But again, I just feel like there's still too much talent here. And really, like I'm, I think it was another uh, of, of from within. Yeah, Todd Downing. You know who, same, you know who Todd same, Downing yeah, is? Yeah. Never heard of him. Todd Downing from Minnesota, Minnesota boy. Is he, he a, actually, an era of a, an era of a different uh, postal franchise? He, no, but he has some championships. He he has a Class A state, five A state title in Minnesota with oh. the Prairie Ponies. Is it Ponies or is it Stillwater? And you know who he coached against in that final game in two thousand? No, uh, Creighton Durham Hall. That were Matt Burke Whoa. went. Creighton, Creighton Durham Hall gave us Joe Maurer, Paul Molitor, and Matt Burke. Eden Prairie is very good, though. So, yeah, he, he's he's been around for a while. He's made his way through the ranks, and, yeah, I don't know shit about him. Like, I'm going to go back and watch the – I'm going to go watch Prep, Prep Bowl 13 from 2000 to see him. Otherwise, yeah, not only that, but essentially you're getting a new D.C. here this year, too, because they didn't yeah. have one last – they didn't – when they replaced Dean Pease with nobody – then later on, they found out that this one guy was the the guy was calling the plays, and wasn't getting paid for it essentially. Which I guess whatever he got the DC job now after the season. He said like this linebackers coach has been calling the defensive plays. Jim Schwartz in as an advisor, assistant, defensive coach. I don't think that's a negative. So like really, the floor the floor is what was pushing this offense more: Art Smith or the talent. And if you think it's our Smith, there is a floor. There's a floor to hit here. I think it's diff- It's it's a little different than that, but I do think Art Smith was a huge part of the success. I think for sure, but also I like think, I think you caught the. I think you caught all pro play for running back Derrick Henry for a two year sample, and you used up every freaking drop of it. Yeah, well, that, uh, combine that with combine that with a Tannehill, who is extremely good at throwing eleven to twenty yard passes down the sidelines, a couple of wide receivers that were really good at creating separation in that area, and uh, you know, been big big guys. AJ Brown's a big boy. He's tough to tackle. He's he can get you yards after the catch. Um, Remember that touchdown 
where he caught it like the seven with five yeah. guys around him. Yeah. And he's a big dude. He, I, I'm not, we talked about this in the Atlanta one. The Julio thing doesn't move the needle a ton, but it definitely helps with the departure of Corey Davis. So I'm, I'm fine with the Julio thing. Like, I think it's, it's not a bad thing. Like for, no. for sure. Like it, it, it helps. I'm not, but it's not, this is like not, you know, 2015 Julio. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's old expecting, expecting this passing offense to be um, like Chiefs light. No, 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 no. I th- that, what, what's, what it comes down to with this Todd Downing character is, and this is the stuff that you can't answer preseason without like, I don't know, getting into camp. Like how much is Todd Downing wanting to do things his way? And it's how much is Todd, and how much is Todd Downing deciding, Hey, here's what I learned from art when he was here. Here's what worked. Here's what made this offense go. The most play action in the league on early downs, a lot of motion and a lot of good play sequencing with a terrible defense. Yeah. Um, Like if he just decides like, well, I'd like to be success. Like what's more important, your ego or your success, I guess. Because if he wants to be successful, just, you know, continue to do what they did, improve upon that, or go about your own way. If you want to go about your own way, your chance of success is still there. It could work, but there's a much bigger chance of failure. So I think a lot comes down to the play calling because, it again, Tannehill's great. It's great with his legs. He has a strong enough arm. You have good receivers. You have a very good running back who can do a lot of things. And the rest of the, you know, the offensive lines, it's there. Like, I think, I think they're fine. So, like, the offense is there. It just, if you decide to take the game plan and completely deviate from what we did last year, it might be a low floor. I think there's enough temptation to try to use Derrick Henry in a minus EV way, combined with his overusage of two seasons in a row, that things go sideways, go poorly, and that they don't look anything close to the Art Smith offense we remember from two years yeah. ago. And I think there could probably be some overreaction to that, honestly. Like, there could be like, a, uh, oh, it was all Art Smith. And in reality, well, no, it just happened to be the timing was perfect. You got people. You know what that would help? Henry. Well, oh, his coach, coach, his coach, coach, his coach of the air candidacy. Yes, it would. Kinda, yes, it would. I kind of need, no, no, I'm, I've, switched, I've switched gears here. I need Todd Downing. I need you to fail. You know what the and maybe best case scenario, and we would never wish an injury upon anyone not named Aaron Rodgers, is it, maybe he breaks down early. Like all those carries are too much for Derrick Henry. Maybe he gets dinged up. He's not. You know, he just he, they have to limit him a little. Like you don't want Derrick Henry out. You want him limited. Like hey, we should keep him to like 15 carries today, and that makes you use them more wisely. And yeah. all of a sudden the game plans plus because yeah, the temptation is oh let's. Let's run the guy who had, you know, 3,000 yards last year or whatever, man. You need to get Let's him up to 30 him. carries, and then he's going to run up. over these guys. Oh, my God. He's just he's going to break one of these days. He's just going to fall apart. Too many carries. So, yeah, that's that, that's where I'm at. I, I like the Jim Schwartz thing a little. I don't know. I, I haven't read too much. Well, here's the – I mean, yet. the problem is Jim Schwartz always used to rock with a, just an absolute bunch of horses on the D-line. He did not have that. No, and I think that's probably why I didn't take a job. He's like, I'll just—I don't want to—I don't want my name on this. I'll just come in and help. Um, Bud Dupree, does that move the needle for you? He's no. great, but it's—I—he's great because I think I don't want to shit on Bud Dupree at all. 
But I think part of his greatness was being surrounded by so many other good players. That was a good defense. Like, that helps. Being this guy on a shitty defense doesn't help. Uh, you, you, can put two hats on, but you can put two hats on Bud Dupree. That, that, that's what I'm saying. ACL. Like, Bud Dupree's a, coming yeah. off an ACL. Put two hats on him. Take him out of the game. Uh, and, then go, yeah. and then go pick rookie, rookie starting QB, uh, uh, starting CB, Caleb Farley. Go pick him apart. That, that, that's the thing. Like I'm saying, in Pittsburgh, you couldn't, like, oh, let's double this guy. Well, and you're, you know, Watt's going to get us. Like, the, you can't just put two hats in the, the one good pass rusher. They had three. So, yeah, Clowney gone, Johnny Smith gone, Desmond King gone, Corey Davis gone, Adoree Jackson gone. You bring in Dupree and Julio and draft Caleb Farley. We've been on record many a time saying young quarterbacks are hard to step in and compete right away with the big boys. So Combine that with the guy coming off injuries. It might be a step back for a bad defense, which I actually have, I'll, I'll roll that back. I think the defense is going to be equally shitty to last year. I agree. Equally shitty, the offense has more of a chance to step backwards than forward because the they're you know they're touching their ceiling already with the top hairs in their head. So they boy, will we, be this the deep this this man. defense will be above the Mendoza line and stopping the run. I'm fine with their run stopping possibilities. I like Brown and Evans as as off ball linebackers. They're fine. But um, they're still not going to be able to generate a pass rush, and they're still not going to be able to cover, cover teams anyone. that have yeah. that have a, co- a competent passing game. Yep, that's where I'm at. So they're going to make I'm all the sure. average and below average QBs on their schedule look like good quarterbacks. Yeah. So yeah, just and just to, to run through again the the additions to a bad defense. Well, and what would you have done differently if you were? I get like the Bud Dupree move makes sense. It sucks he's off an injury. If you can get anybody across from the across from him that's you know any semblance of pass i would have invested i would have done what the browns did and get those guys from the rams yeah get those coverage got, guys from the rams i would have got a corner like i would have you know you're starting a rookie you're gonna they got to norris jenkins i didn't i forgot to add that that doesn't hmm. you know what that's an up i'm gonna say it's an upgrade yeah, that it's is, been a while since I really thought of him as an especially impactful player. He's not – no, he's not great, but it's an upgrade for somebody like Tennessee. I think it's an upgrade for them. They have continuity at the safeties at least. It'll be the same guys as last year, as bad as that was. And then Farley probably starting. Um, if not, I don't know if he's done much slot coverage. You got Fulton too. It's not going to be a good cover secondary. It's not going to be a good pass rush. If you, It's like, well, let's yeah, – like you said – Make sure Dupree doesn't hurt us and we can beat this defense. Okay, linebackers. So defense, the defensive addition and subtraction game left them probably, even though you made a very big splash in a name like Bud Dupree, you bring in Janoris Jenkins, you bring in some other guys, losing Dory, losing Desmond King, losing, I, I don't even know, Clowney's a name. I'm not sure if that matters. But losing those guys and the fact that Dupree's off an injury and your team as a whole is as bad as it was on defense. I think it's probably about the same defense we saw last year. I don't disagree. So, do they win the division somehow? Anyway, Should they I don't think so. And it's not the worst first place schedule. Let's but pull again, up this. Yeah, let's pull up, pull up, and and try to break this down. It's harder than the Colts. It it is harder than the Colts. It's still a first-place schedule. It also starts difficult. Buffalo, KC, back-to-back, man. You know, I feel good about having a Jags 
ticket, to be honest with you. Um, not that I necessarily expect to cash it, but just the likelihood that the Jags could be a surprise three and three while the rest of these teams stumble early. And then maybe we can scoop up some value on whoever of the Tennessee Colts doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I think you have um, to be planning on adding a second ticket to the Jags ticket. I do too, the, but, the but like, this is this is not. I mean, you you have uh, three games out of your first nine where you are favored, and all of them are under a field goal. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, it it is um, it is a tough start for them, and if yeah, if this offense isn't what we've seen for the past two years, it'll be a very rough start for them. But. That at Seattle is never easy. That's, that's not a good spot. Um, the the two other you got back to backs, but at least it's the Jets and the Jags, I guess. Yeah. The Jets, and and not only that, the Jags are off the back of a back to back roadie. Plus, you get the extra rest. No, they get the extra rest off Thursday night. So it's kind of a kind of a weird spot. Kind of, kind a, of negates yeah. itself. That's a bad get, one for you. And then this is the thing too: getting an opponent on the second leg of a back-to-back road game is good. But less it's KC so, and Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, less so when it's the two teams that met in the AFC title game last year. In KFC, yes, you're KFC, right. KFC, KFC, and Buffalo. You're so right. The weird spots there. They get, again, another back-to-back roadie that includes a West Coast trip to L.A. in the second leg for the Rams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Houston is always going to be an easy one. Houston, if, you, if you're going to face any team off their bye <sighs> – at least it's Houston at home, so that hurts a little less. You get two opponents off Thursday night football. They're New England and Pittsburgh, which we haven't got to really Pittsburgh yet. I'm not sure what we make of that team. The, those are not – it's not great spots. Jacksonville gets a little bit of revenge there. They get two – no, Jacksonville will be coming off the second road game when – oh, that's in a really nice spot. Look nice at that! Spot. They get they nice get spot. one really nice spot. Jacksonville nice is spot. off a of back to back. No, they get two two really nice spots. Their yeah, Miami yeah. game seven week seventeen is also Miami. Really nice. Miiami is actually the real catbird one, but yeah, week fourteen Jacksonville at home. Jacksonville coming off of second being on a second straight roadie, and you're off your bye, and then yeah, that's what are, have we given that one a name yet? You were off the a, super the super uh, the super, super secret Thursday? super secret extra rest. Yeah, but, you you were off a Thursday game. Your opponent is off a Monday game. Extra, extra. The and extra, then extra they're also, your opponent is on the second leg of a road game, two-game road nice strand. Spot. So, yeah, that's a really nice spot to back them there. And then you end the season with a hopefully dead Houston team by then. Like, eight wins implied feels about right because it's not. Yeah, it's, it's you tougher. know what? It's tougher. I think here's what happens. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Same kind of story as the Colts, where it doesn't start great. Same kind of story as the Colts, where it's, it's just a beauty down the home stretch, right? Mm, I yeah. think uh, I think we I think I hold on to my Jags ticket, which is basically a money line Jags week five ticket, <laughs> because if the Jags win that game then all of a sudden the division odds tilt in favor of Jags if Colts are sucking and Tennessee is sucking, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Tennessee then goes to hell. That Buffalo, KC, Indy, at Indy, at Rams stretch. Oh, my God, that is hell. That little four-game stretch right there is miserable. Fun. 
Miserable. What, 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 and what if the Saints are good? No, if Saints are good, that's the add it to the pile. Um, and then, but, but if the Saints, you know, Saints are who we think they are. If, you know, if coming out of that Rams game, you know, the Titans are three and eight. Or so, excuse me, three. They would be three and six, I guess. Only three and six. That they're three and six with a loss to the Jags. Um, that's pretty darn good for backing Tennessee to win the South at that time, because Mm -hmm. at three and six, there, I can conceivably see a path to nine and seven. Yes, nine and ten and seven. I I can conceivably get a pass to ten and seven. Yeah. Yeah. You, One more. You they, get, they you could, get they Houston could get, twice. Right. They you could get, the get to the end of Miami spots we talked about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They could get to the end of their schedule with only one more loss, and ten and seven would win the South at that point. Well, let's go find some Jags twelve to ones to go with uh, a late season, and then yep. you uh, you know choose your own adventure on Indy or Tennessee, who you want to add if if exactly looking, yes if Wince, yeah if Wince is looking That's like it's going to happen like or or Indy is playing well enough. And it's like, well, shit, I'm, you know, they're 500 heading into this last six. (laughs) They might be like an 11 win team here. What are are we doing? That's the plan. I I like, I like that we have a plan. A bad division to talk about. Not a lot of fun. Terrible. A lot of new, terrible, new quarterbacks, new coordinators, new coaches. Yep. 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 Not a team that I'm excited to have anything to do with out of the gate. Um, let's, let me comment real quick on their power numbers here. So again, decomposing all of those lines, their power number is only plus a half, which does not square with Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis being plus two and a half. <laughs> Am I right? Yep. That's tough it's, to square. I would have them both at like a plus one. Yes. Same. That's about um, where I'm at. I'm, I'm Tennessee shade, right now. Shade higher on Tennessee. Tennessee is 15th compared to Indy, uh, Indianapolis 8. Um, right now, Tennessee is the 12th best offense projected compared to Indianapolis 5th. Uh, and then Tennessee 22nd best defense, which feels just about right, if not a little bit high. So, yeah, I think this is a team that is worth staying away from in the betting market in general until later in the season. And then at that point, maybe we back some overs. We back some. We I, take them as some dogs. Overs, team total overs, back them as a dog. Um, I think you probably still want to avoid AFC and Super Bowl numbers because even if they do rattle it off, we're betting it because they have an easy schedule. The AFC playoffs are anything but. So I, I will yeah. never be adding. A, I'd really have to see something like, oh, my God. Like the, you know, I this, think this Todd Downing kids really getting it. All right, here you go. Here you go. And Julio's, th- Julio's fountain of youth, you know. I think it is extremely likely that the winner of this AFC South is the four seed, which means they host the best wild card team. Ravens, which is probably the Ravens or Browns, or Browns, depending on how those two teams shake out. Yes. Well, so, let's pull the odds up. What do we got? Uh, yeah, twenty-five to one. Also enough. twenty-five. Same as the. Is this just a copy and paste error? No. Also twenty-five to team. one is the Colts. Also fourteen to one is the Colts. But the AFC South odds are plus one twenty compared to the Colts minus one ten. To make the playoffs, yes, minus one forty. No, plus one fifteen. And we have a regular season win total where over nine and a half is also juiced, minus one twenty-five. 
under nine and a half is plus 100. Uh, this opened also at nine and a half. So there hasn't been a ton of activity in the betting market here for the win totals. Maybe if anything, a little bit of action to the over, um, which again, considering their schedule and how it starts is not necessarily explainable to me. At least if they start their schedule a little suspect, we know Tannehill is safe. Like Tannehill is not going anywhere. He's not going to be part of the problem. If this team underachieves, it's because their offensive scheme stinks and their defense is horrible. Um, so Tannehill always live. I think I, I I think I'm already leaning. I want Tennessee as the team to come back and win the South at a uh, at a deep at a depressed price. I think my buy my buy point probably five yeah. to one. My if, buy point is probably five to one. If we take the two teams we spoke about today, maybe four to one. Uh, if if they both struggle with early season schedule and they both have easier second half schedules, give me the team with the quarterback. <laughs> Like, yeah, even even exactly. if the scheme has gone to shit, exactly. Tannehill is, you know, and again, everything changes. Keep your head on a swivel. You never know Wentz. Stranger things have happened than, you know, Carson Wentz playing well again. I think man, not a lot of stranger things, but a few. So keep your head on a swivel. But as of this moment right now, uh, you know, today, on August 4th, 2020, the, on the year of our Lord, 21, 2021. We are saying the Titans would be a better bet midseason if a couple teams struggle, especially if you have a Jags ticket. God, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Plus, the later the season goes, the more effective Derrick Henry would be, presumably, assuming his legs don't fall off. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, when the weather gets cold, you it's a lot less fun to tackle Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, and maybe they learn their lesson too. You know, maybe they learn to deploy their their assets a little differently. I mean, I'm I'm broadly speculating that they're not going to have this thing figured out, but I think it's a fair speculation considering the way that uh, Matt Vrabel coached the playoff game, which I think gave us a lot of insight into who he is as a as a thinker. I like your thesis on that. If it was like, was this more Vrabel than Art Smith in the playoffs because he was, you know, taking another one job. foot out the door. Yeah, yeah so. one foot out the door. You know what? It's really hard. Better. It was really hard to get prepped for, you know, finals as a senior in college when you have a job. Yeah. <laughs> you, you start doing you start doing the math on a grade. Like, what if I got like a 50 on this? Like, how yeah. what would this grade look like? Because honestly, it, it is funny too. I've, I've looked at very, I've looked at, I don't know. I might be in the four digits on the amount of resumes I've looked at over the, my career doing uh-huh. interviews and hiring stuff. It's close. It's in the well into the hundreds. And it is amazing how many people put GPA. I'm like, motherfucker, you're 30. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, or the best is like high school GPA. You're like, this, this isn't is, telling, this, this is, isn't telling me what you think it's telling me about you. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. This is not hired. This is Congrats. telling me something about. This is telling me something about you, but it's not what you think. Yeah, don't. I mean, yeah, maybe just a maybe just a little tip at the end, a little nugget. Don't put your GPA on your uh, resume unless it's your. I, I I think it's acceptable if it's your very first job out of college. After totally. that, that CV, that's a that's a spot where you just write. I went to Bryn Mawr. Communications, <laughs> twenty ten. Yep. That's it. I graduated. So, you can look that up, and you will find my name. Has it is it, it was it what it's on the rolls. Unless you're a you know up for the Notre Dame coaching job. 
in that case, do not. Yeah, yeah. People do look things up apparently. So, all right, let's uh, let's call it a day. We'll be back next. All right, week man. More of these, huh? Good stuff. Very good. Good work. I think we're halfway.